Wait, did I write that f***ed up? Hold on. <laughs> just because you think it's a costume doesn't mean it's... I, I did write that f***ed up, didn't I? Well, just because you think it's a costume doesn't mean it isn't racist and terrible. Well, if people can experiment and show and talk about this stuff on TV and movies and stuff, why can't I do it? Well, if you think that Halloween costumes can't be offensive, then unfriend me! Hello, everybody. Welcome to this very special Halloween episode of Unfriend Me. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. Hello. Spooky Halloween episode. It's very scary. Actually, because I'm traveling on Halloween, there's no normal episode. And so we thought, well, we got to get something in there. Yeah. So we did this one. It's spooky because half of the episode is missing. Yeah, that's true. We're not doing any feedback. This is like a mini-sode, or as you called it, fun size, like it's Halloween fun candy. Size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not one of those crappy ones like uh, like Mr. Goodbar. This is like a like a Snickers or something. This is a good fun Whoa, size. Whoa, are you throwing you throwing shade on Mr. Goodbar? I'll just say for the record that uh, the only good candy bar to get on Halloween is a Milky Way, and I stand by that with all my... You're, you're, are you a, a, a nougat man? I'm a nougat man. I like some nougat. I like a little caramel when you can. Um, nuts are fine, but I'm not in the mood for nuts most of the time. I kind of just want some nice silky uh chocolatey mess so you are you are uh, uh a mounds instead of almond joy actually i am neither of those because coconut is the devil's anus and i don't want it wow yeah i don't like Ooh, coconut I, well it's the texture it's not so much the flavor i like a, a pina colada is fine yeah usually virgin but uh unless someone's for that one time <laughs> you got dosed in mexico i totally did that guy roofied me but anyway the uh that that stuff's good uh but i don't want the little shavings like the little pieces and bits that's like eating paper oh, and wax. i love it Ugh, anyway. that might be my favorite candy almond joy mounds oh my gosh really all right and, and, and indeed sometimes i feel like a nut and sometimes i don't okay now that actually is a good lead into what we're going to talk about because yeah. uh the the cultural appropriation of things when it comes to halloween is definitely a thing boys dress up like girls people dress up like black people that are not normally black uh you yeah. might have somebody who dresses up as a very controversial figure like a political person like uh, there'll be plenty of donald trump kids this year who are unironically being the president and there'll be plenty of people who find that incredibly lame or offensive or funny or whatever. So Maybe pulling all these nine-year-olds aside from the street. How ironic are you being right now, boy? <laughs> you better be wearing a make uh, beef great again or some other kind of variation of the phrase hat or else I, we're out of here. So so that's a thing. I mean, for real. And for as long as I remember, there was always talk about this. So every Halloween, somebody's upset because somebody's a Native American or somebody is some other thing. And we're going to just, uh, you know, do a little mini sewed on yeah. the side. So, of uh, effectively, what we're going to touch on are three of the hot button issues when it comes to Halloween costumes. Number one, blackface. It is a uh, consistent issue for any kind of costume, any kind of costume holiday or party. But Halloween, it comes up constantly. And we're going to talk a little bit about the history of blackface in general so folks can understand it just a little bit more uh trust me if you don't know about it it's better you hear about it on this show than uh, be out there uh when everybody's mad at you because uh your only defense is but my black friends said it was okay to deep tiger woods uh number two we're going to talk about cultural appropriation this is something that i think has kind of hit 
not only a higher nadir over the past uh, 10 years, but even over the last few years. And there's currently uh, an issue that has been brewing over the last two about uh, Moana costumes, Mm. which is kind of the other side of representation in pop culture, that this was Hawaiian and Samoan and, and just Pacific Islander representation in a very, very popular Disney movie starring some of the most popular people involved in in modern uh, uh, entertainment. And now the question is, well, is it okay if your white kid who loves Moana dresses up like Maui or, or Moana? So we'll right. get to that. Right. And then maybe the, uh, the, the, the one that has gone on, well, I guess blackface has probably gone on longer, but the, uh, the sexification of costumes mm. and, and whether or not that is something that, uh, 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 that, that always sets people off yeah, on, on French, both sides of the aisle. French maids and uh, uh, a version of Black Widow's costume that is clearly meant for an adult party or something. Well, yeah. and even then, Black Widow wears skin-tight leather <laughs> in, the, in the movies, yeah, right? So yeah. if you're dressing like Black Widow... It's obviously a form-fitting outfit. <laughs> French maid is an older uh, archetype that kind of goes back to these, you know, you know, uh, uh, sex farce movies and stories and everything from mm-hmm. from long ago. Sure, I'm talking more about something that we did on Night Attack, where we 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 did a a, a 20 questions off-brand Halloween costumes, but yep. they were all sexy Halloween costumes. So it's you know when people don't have the rights to the costume, so instead of Jack Sparrow, it's like devilish pirate you know <laughs> uh, I, I love those i love knockoff costumes that are there based, was one yeah. that we had that was sexy mr robot so you want to know what maybe let, let's start on the lighter fare and then we'll descend uh, a little bit into the more controversial uh what is your understanding of the origin of the sexy costumes uh all right <clears throat> my understanding is limited but I remember when I was young in my maybe nine to like 12 year old range, it was all the rage to see uh, women, usually adult women at adult parties, like parties with other adults looking like a sexy nurse. Sexy nurse was like number one thing. And I remember my mom very specifically saying to one of my sisters, I don't remember which one, there's no way you're ever going to wear one of those. Uh, I don't remember the context was other than, you know. I don't care how how many medical degrees you get. (laughs) Right. And so the idea was, uh, obviously, is to say, hey, there's a male fantasy about being in the hospital and one of the nurses takes a a real shine to you there. This is all in the parlance of like 40s people living in the 1940s. But, 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 you know, they're into it and uh, it fulfills some sort of weird fantasy and it's funny. And so, sure, why not? So the way I've always looked at it, I'll just throw my opinion out there, is I don't know that I should... If a woman says, I'm going to be a sexy nurse lady this, this year for Halloween, I don't... I don't know if I have a problem with that. In fact, I probably don't have a problem with that. Where yeah. I would have a problem with it is if uh, somebody wanted to be, you know, like if, if a in the same way that if a black person wants to do white face for yeah. Halloween, wants to be white chicks that week with his best friend uh, and dress like a lady and be white. I don't have a problem with that either. Where I have a problem with it is if my white friends want to get together and play sure. the Wayans brothers as black and go out and sure. be the black Wayans brothers for Halloween. 
So well, all right. therein yeah. lies let, the, let, the let, rub. Let, let, let's try to stay on one at a time. All right, one we, at we a time. We are going to get to all of them, but, right. but uh, uh, unless you want to do blackface first. No, 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 no. This sexy, sexy time is fine. Let's do sexy time. So here's what we know. Uh, uh, this is uh, in my hasty Googling. Uh, this, is, this is what we found about the origins of the sexy costume. Uh, Slate, the explainer column, uh, traces sexy Halloween to 1973 Greenwich Village. This is a quote. The Halloween parade in New York City's Greenwich Village began in 1973 as a family and friends promenade from house to house organized by a local puppeteer and mask maker, but it quickly became a neighborhood-wide party. And since the village was New York's de facto gay district, the gay community cottoned to it. The event, with its drag outfits and otherwise rebellious costuming, became famous in New York and across the country, as did similar bawdy Halloween parties in San Francisco's Castro neighborhood, and in West Hollywood. Mm. So our uh, origin's not too far in uh, uh, America's past. I'll bet if somebody somebody's listening, like, they're like, hey, I'm French, and I know this thing that happened in the 1800s, and you guys are missing it. That's entirely <laughs> yeah. possible. We don't know. We're just kind of going off. Probably recently. some like very beautiful French word for half an ass. You know, <laughs> like it was just half an ass night. <laughs> My favorite uh, kind of Halloween party is half so an ass So effectively, this is something that we've actually seen quite a bit of, right? Yeah. And maybe you can kind of draw it to these larger cultural elements of a, a, a reclamation or a celebration of what is traditionally a child's thing to do. And, yeah. and uh, you know, in, in an era where, you know, earlier this week I was uh, hanging out with a friend at a barcade. What is a barcade but a reclamation for adults of a childhood uh, a feel-good moment, sure. right? Everybody wanted to go to the arcade. Everybody loved their birthday at, at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, or or the local you know uh, arcade and now you get to do it whenever you want and there's beer yeah and so. and even things like you know you could say well what is what is the furthering of Star Wars you could say that that is a childification of a thing that people grew up with when they were seven or eight years old now they're old and they want to relive that stuff it has the added benefit that kids can do it too you know like you can go see a Marvel movie with a kid the kids can go yeah. parents can go everybody can go but it's still kind of tied to this idea that we like to relive parts sure. of our past and, or, and, and or, listen yeah. uh, the list goes on uh, video games in general uh, right. professional sports like these are all things for which there is a childhood connection that now you know there are adult lines in the sand that sure it's great to sit down with your kid and watch a football game but it's also really good to hang out with your fellow adults at a sports bar and watch a game and these are two distinct kind of uh, uh, experiences so this is something that grew out of that idea that now all of a sudden uh, uh, Halloween was not just for the the kids. Uh, this was a, in marginalized communities, uh, a way to show your stuff literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, and again, I, I don't know. This is just a Halloween thing. Like uh, go to any comic con and you know, somebody will be the queen of dragons but it'll be the version where she just walked out of the fire naked and yeah. all she's got on is a couple of pasties and two rubber dragons and uh, soot. in soot. Yeah. So, you know, we, we like to zero in on the things we like to do and then we like to take them someplace else. And then we like to go sort of get out there and let it hang out. Like it's, it's not a new thing, but it's definitely a Halloween topic. That so how to much, around. how much of your mom do you have in you when it comes to you raising your family? Like where, where is your line on the sexy Halloween costume? Well, my girls never came to me, um, ahead of time or no, they never came to me and said, dad, this, this is what I'm going to be. And then walked out in some skimpy thing that never happened. Yeah. 
It wasn't um, sexy, Mr. Robot. No, that no, no, it did not. There's sexy, Mr. Robot. It's literally just the Elliot hoodie, but it's also a mini dress. Right. Um, I mean, now that one of them is in her twenties and um, you know, living very independently, she may choose to do those things, and I'm not here to stop her or tell her no. No, no, no. But uh, but well, when it was let's let's let's, let, let's get away necessarily from you making a judgment as a father, and let's get into just your judgment as a a, a, a man you okay. know like, where where have you looked at these costumes throughout your your life are you like oh man awesome the uh, halloween's <laughs> the time when when the, the 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 english version of the half and ass festival comes to, to america like or was it always like oh geez uh the, these are a little uh tacky no i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fib here when i was i don't know young enough to care let's say 14 to 18 or something I, I never once went to a Halloween party where somebody was in a sexy thing and I went, oh, that's just horrible. I'm out of here. That never you happened. You get out of here, yeah. you, you, you uh, uh, harlot. Yep. It was instead like, whoa, geez, look at her. Hey, did you talk to Cheryl? I've never seen her look like that. Like, that's how that stuff went. Uh, so, yeah, you know, pubescent young idiot boys are into it. A father of two girls, not so much if it's your girls. It seems no. it seems almost a little hypocritical, but I can promise you when they're your kids and somebody if one of them had done that and said, I'm off to the party, dad. Oh, what are you dressed as? Oh, I'm uh, freaking Lelou from I'm Lelou Dallas from freaking Fifth Element with the wrapped yeah. around tape job. I would have said, no, you're not I freaking get in here and let's get some more tape on that business because come on now. Like I would have probably had a fairly hard time with it because not because I don't trust them. I would I would worry about who's leering at them, who's following them, and who's a douchebag out there. Well, and also there's an element of, you know, the age situation. Yeah, right? and they're young, they're they're underaged, and yeah, I don't know what the party's going to be like entirely, and I can't police it. So you worry about them, and all the reasons that you worry about them, in the same way that you worry about them in just normal situations and scenarios. But you know, boys are kind of dicks. You know, I guess that's the that is the other thing is and 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 we'll. Well, here, let, let's let's explore this, and then we'll get to kind of the broader idea of, of who is uh, uh, are there nefarious forces at work that are that are forcing the women of, uh, of oh. you know America and the world to get into these. I like costumes. this. But, this is this is almost like uh, war against Christmas level stuff. I like it. Okay, keep going. Uh, but also, I my point of view on this has always been: Hey, look, it's great if if you know if if this is you got an awesome uh, uh, rocking body and you spend a bunch of time and effort or, or you don't spend a lot of time and effort that just makes you feel good to go out there on, on Halloween night or Halloween weekend and have a great time, then that is awesome. The problem is not with the person with the costume. The problem is, like you said, the <laughs> the uh, predatory uh, leering, gazing, and grabbing. Yeah, like, that's I, all I, of I it. I would say... That's all of all, it for me. That's everything. All I want is a... Uh, uh, I want the party to earn the right to have anybody dress however they want yes right? correct there you go that's a really good way of putting it and if i could be there that maybe would change it if i was a chaperone at said party maybe that would change the way i'd look at it but yeah. none of the fear is like oh my gosh i can't believe you're going out on like not like that it would be holy shit i know about three kids in this neighborhood alone who are going to be staring at your ass the entire night and trying to cop a feel and who knows maybe by eight o'clock wieners are out we're not going you can't go that's like, a little early for wieners. Know, wieners out at eight is very I think, I think early. Eight, 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 you know, I guess if midnight's the witching hour, then I didn't realize <laughs> that eight was the wiener hour. 
How about this? In her 2012 uh, thesis, The Rise of Slutoween, Elizabeth A. Greer notes how, quote, marketing began to increasingly target adults as stores sold both costumes as well as other Halloween products like carving pumpkins and house decorations to attract a broader audience with increased purchasing power. So that's another element of this is that, number one, if women buy more costumes than men in general, yeah. right, like beyond the idea of Halloween and... Uh, you can charge more for a outfit that flatters you more Then that is the natural economic place in which costumes are going to go to, sure. to flattering, sexy lady costumes. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I mean, I, that doesn't strike me as odd. Also, I just, I mean, look, let's look at it this way. Like how many, if you did statistics on uh, girls who are okay dancing with other girls, holding hands with other girls versus guys who are willing to dance or hold hands with other boys. Like there are cultural <laughs> norms that maybe suck, but still norms that exist out there. And women have always been a little bit uh, progressive in that way or willing to stretch a little bit than men are. And like even just basic stuff here, Kim always dresses up and goes nuts for it. Does rad makeup. Yeah. Goes crazy. I'm usually like, Oh, where's my jacket? Freaking! I don't want to. I don't want to dress up. I'm just not interested in it. No, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to. A, so uh, full disclosure, we're recording this on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to a costume party tonight, and I will be wearing a onesie. Yeah. I, see, like, now you nope. are truly one of the. Uh, you're pushing the envelope. Like you, I know. you're different. I know. But also, although it's, it'll be pretty sexy, because I'll have <laughs> one nut hanging out. But even when I, when I was, uh, wow, one nut, then wiener just, out, then just, just, just a little hint. Okay. Don't worry, ladies. Okay. I'm married. You just say what? A little. There's a little pink bean. What's Ooh, the, what? What is that? that. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be a few months before uh, <laughs> New Year's, but it seems we have one ball dropping. <laughs> ah! So, all right. You go to the party like that. When I was a kid, I loved dressing up, but I was always half-assed about it. Not half-assed night, but half-assed. Not, 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 not the French festival. No, 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 no. no. Don't want to get those confused. I would just kind of lamely put some crap on and call it a costume. Never was really my thing, so I'm probably an outlier and don't count. Um, but it, I guess I, I guess bottom line is I am not surprised at all by your statistics that women are way more into it. They're already more into things like makeup and like hair stuff and like all of those other things, which are great. This is not pejorative at all. It's just it leads in well. Like that's just another facet, and it's easy for them, and I don't do any of it. So none of it interests me. Well, as we transition out of this and into some more serious uh, topics, uh, I do want to note that the uh, French for uh, a half an ass is un demi-col, <laughs> which sounds uh, very much like it should be a festival uh, throughout the countryside of the great land of France. Sure. Uh, uh, what do you want to do next? Blackface or cultural appropriation? Uh, blackface. Let's get let's let's eat the main course real quick so we can get dessert. All right. <laughs> cultural appropriation is dessert. <laughs> do you believe, have you ever in your life uh, uh, seen somebody in blackface at a party? Yes, I have. What has your reaction been? Um, I think I was 16, 17 maybe. friend of ours was coming as, oh man, I don't remember who. Oh, he was supposed to be Lando. That's it, Lando from Star, uh, Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back. What? And he walked around all night going, what have we here? And he had a pretty good costume. It was that thing he wore when he greeted Han Solo on the deck and had the, mm -hmm. the weird overcoat and all that stuff. Like, he really had it. His friend went as Lobot, so he had a friend with the stupid thing on headphones he reworked to look like Lobot and all that. And uh, it was a pretty convincing costume, but 
he was super white. And (laughs) this is the year that that um, movie came out called uh, Soul Man. Do you remember Soul Man by chance? I do remember Soul Man, yeah. Okay. Soul Man was about this very thing, a white guy, blackface, trying to live like what it would be like to be a black person. That is the 1986 American comedy uh, starring uh, uh, C. Thomas Howell, uh, Ray Don Chong. Yep. That was the year. uh, James Earl Jones. That was the year, and that was right around my 15th, 16th year or something like that. And my friend did this, and we were all like, oh, is that okay? Like, I remember feeling that way. Like, is that okay for him to do that? And nobody was sure, and they're like, why not? The movie did it. Why can they do it and I can't do it? Like a lot of rebellious talk like that. Um, we had one, maybe two people of color at the party. Yeah. Uh, so it was very predominantly, uh, sort of white affluent neighborhood that we went to this party in and they didn't say anything, but you could just tell, look some people's faces. It was a little awkward and weird. And then I kind of forgot about it, but it was the only time I'd been to one of these where that happened. And part of me was like, well, it's Lando. So science fiction's cool, right? Like that's okay. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking that. I remember going, I remember trying to justify in my own head why I shouldn't worry about it. And then, you know, you're a kid, you forget and you just move on. But yeah, that was my experience. Were, were you that. familiar at that time with the idea of the the minstrel art of black? Yes. I remember seeing a documentary or something with my dad about the Shirley previous, Temple era. Previous to you seeing uh, uh, Lando. Yeah. Before Lando, um, when it was it was like uh, what was that guy's name Satch Satchmo? Uh, well, uh, Al Jolson Al- and the jazz singer is oh, probably the, the that that maybe is the guy I'm thinking of. It's somebody who who did a lot of Shirley Temple movies or a couple of them anyway. Yeah. And um, they would take even black people and make them up more. And then my other exposure to it in the documentary talked talked about this was cartoons like Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, that era of cartoons very very blackface insensitive. Um, and, or, or, or I shouldn't say blackface. There weren't like white characters and cartoons putting on black makeup. What it was were their, them showing black characters in the cartoons may as well have been, you know, Chris Pine with black makeup. Well, and I guess what, what, what is it important for folks to understand is that this was a art form in pop culture. Right. So this was a part of our landscape of what you would enjoy the kind of entertainment that you would uh, enjoy and this goes back to 1848 Uh, the blackface minstrel shows were an american national art translating such formal art as opera into popular terms for general audience so here's a way that you can in one way transcend class so i can't go to the opera i ain't got opera kind of money right yeah but Here's a way that we can take this art form, transcend class uh, uh, to a different audience, but by doing it on the backs of, oh, isn't it hilarious that this guy uh, is a black person uh, with exaggerated features, including gigantic uh, a, a, a pink tracing around the lips, yeah. uh, the lip area, the mouth area, so it looks like huge lips, and just uh, uh, you know, to our modern sensibility, horrifying. Yeah. language and stereotypes right but then it was i don't know it's a li- it's it's uh not unlike a future topic on the show like naming your team the redskins there was a cultural time where that seemed like a cool thing to do well or- i mean i guess but uh, the, the the issue to me that i think is important to realize is that this 
wasn't wrong when it was being done, and that's what's wrong about it now. Right. Is that you can't the when and and sure we are separated by decades and decades and decades of this being something that is popularly uh, available, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you can't just wallpaper over it by saying, oh, I wouldn't be offended by whiteface. Why is this a problem? <laughs> when the problem with it was that it wasn't a problem, if right. that makes any sense. Right, no, I don't, it totally makes sense. Like Just like slavery itself is a problem because there was a time when it wasn't a problem. Or like now, anything like that. Like anything that's, that's bad, if it's allowed to flourish... The part of the problem is that it was allowed to flourish or that it was popular at all or that it was okay. So I get that. I totally get that. Now, where do we draw the line on this? Like where where is I mean, it, personally for my taste, I'm not putting any kind of <laughs> face makeup on. Like that is Yeah. Uh, I'm not I, I'm not trying for any of those problems. Like I I, I don't know necessarily uh, uh, where I would feel comfortable saying, no, nah, well, let me just get a little bit of a darker look to my face. Well, let's take it to the nerds a little bit. I've always looked at uh, the way Klingons are handled in Star Trek as an example of this. So oftentimes, you will either hire a black person to play a Klingon. So then that was true of a lot of people, including Michael Dorn in The Next Generation. Their yep. features were uh, lent well to how a Klingon would look. At least I think that's the thinking. And you also had natural skin tones that took you into this Klingon darker skin area and you didn't have to worry about makeup. But then you do movies and put people like Doc Brown in there, like Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yeah. Uh, and not only was that kind of laughable, but he's you take away the bumpy forehead and the crazy costume, it's blackface. Like he is straight up blackface. Now, I know he's not for the reasons of blackface. Or he's not trying to mimic a minstrel show. Or he's not doing all of that. But it's still the same thing. I mean, he's got the same makeup. Uh, his lips are done up in a way to accentuate them. Like, take away the bumpy head. Freaking Doc Brown was a was in blackface in Star Trek. But in 3. general, that's you. You probably wouldn't. I mean, I, I in in some of the examples that you know we we see, that would not be pointed out. No, it would not be pointed out because right? if, if 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 let's yeah. say uh you know one of the Stranger Things kids you know uh, uh gets you know in, into trouble at a party for having some kind of uh, of you know racially uh motivated face paint on they would not have a problem if they were also had a bumpy forehead and they were a klingon right they wouldn't say a word like if i did that tomorrow nobody would say anything oh my gosh that's a great klingon scott amazing what kind of makeup is that oh my gosh it really works like you wouldn't even think twice about it and start so what about like like good like that. you know in, in in legend of zelda breath of the wild they have the gorons mm, right and yeah. that's like a race of rock eating people that are obviously not human right right but it would involve you Probably painting. If you were a white person, you'd probably have to smear a ton of orange face paint on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. is that that's that's not a problem. The line is. See, that's interesting. Hmm. I mean, okay, Tonto. Uh, in some incarnations of Tonto, white guy painted like an Indian, like an American Indian. Uh, in many of the better portrayals of Tonto, played by an actual Native American. Yeah. Um. In others, in others, death. not so much. And there's, you know, entire westerns and, well, for that matter, entire, you know, movies about a certain place or people that are all white guys dressed up and, and fake accented up to sound like they're from the Middle East or from India or whatever. And that was kind of standard stuff back then. Uh, some would say, well, you just didn't have the you didn't have access to enough actors who who could be legitimate 
ethnic you know origin of those places and still be available to be in our movie we had to do with what we had and then some would say well no you you know there were plenty and that's horse crap and it was all racist agenda and blah 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 so there's there's all these different ways to look at it but to answer your original question which is where is the line i'm not 100 percent sure because i don't think i'm the one that gets to say it the the the, the side of humanity that was wronged in hideous ways i feel well, like they should have a slightly weightier ch- choosing than i get Here's the key, in my opinion, major key. You want to avoid the trappings of blackface. And by that, I don't mean literally painting your face black, but rather the minstrel art of blackface. So what were the minstrel? What what is the minstrel art of, uh, of blackface? That is cartoonishly representing a black person for the entertainment predominantly of white people. Yeah. So. If you are going as, I mean, I think uh, at a party that I remember growing up in South Florida, Ricky Williams, who was a popular running back at the time. Uh, You know, I've seen Tiger Woods, stuff like that. Yes, you might love that person. But if you are putting on black face makeup for the predominant enjoyment of other white people, then that, I think, is where you get into trouble. Those are the hot button issues because these things are might be ancient history to some. They ain't ancient history to everybody. Right. And and, you know, you, you there's only so much you can plead ignorance on. It. Yeah. So I don't think it's my place to say when that time is up because I don't actually know that it ever is. Up. Oh, I don't think that the point is that there, that there's a, an expiration date. on. No, it, right? no. But my point, think, my point yeah, is I don't get to just, say when it's OK and when it isn't because it's not about, you know, that's it's too easy for me to put on blackface and go do 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 and make a face and do something dumb. It's I mean, not, who would you be? I don't know. I was trying to be I was trying to be the least I was trying to be the least possible road road there to take in my impersonation. But how do you how do you think you did? But poorly, honestly. If I'm being honest, but, uh, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think it's my, my pick. And, and the reason, the reason that they, uh, a couple of black guys can dress up like white ladies or men. Um, the reason that's quote unquote, okay. I mean, it may not be fun or funny or worth, I mean, white chicks is kind of a terrible movie in my opinion. It's not a good movie, but the reason that's not racially insensitive to me is because they're speaking to power and it's to me that's obvious, but hard to explain why that's okay. Like it's just obvious to me. Like, well, I think that, that that kind of well, two things. Number one, again, focus on what blackface was. Is there a racial equivalent to the minstrel art of blackface for white people that dominated pop culture? Um, no, no, maybe maybe the closest you could say would be, but the problem is this spans all cultures and, and races. But you could say. Uh, Anything involving making fun of the mentally handicapped, as an example, could be okay. construed uh, but, that way. Uh, yeah. But again, that spans all, and that's yeah. everybody. I mean, there's no, there was, I mean, there was no dominant form of pop culture, or or very influential form of pop culture that relied on black performers uh, dressing up in whiteface and and exaggerating it. And and part of it is I don't think that there could be because of you know. Who controls the power and population? No, they right. would be literally <laughs> jailed at the least uh, in some parts of the country at a time like that, lynched at the most for for that kind of behavior. This was this was a, a thing that people in power did, and those who were not in power did not have much they could say about it. So I guess this is this is my biggest thing. It's just 
Don't do, do it. yourself a favor. <laughs> Never if do you it. are thinking about impersonating, uh, uh, you know, somebody that you love and cherish and you want it and you think you're going to be the hit of the party before you go ahead. Number one, dress up like that person. I'm saying dress up like Lando. Do your hair like Lando. Right. Be white Lando. White Lando's fine. Is it though? Because someone's going to write in and say. From, I saw there's this great thing on Twitter today about this. <laughs> Uh, you know, a more rotund black guy who's uh, taking pictures of him and his seven or, or, or 11 from uh, Stranger Things yeah. uh, outfit. Yeah, that's great. You're going to be the hit of the party before you go ahead and put that makeup on. Just do yourself a favor and read up. Yeah. Just hit up that blackface Wikipedia entry just to understand that idea. Yeah. There is no no penalty to just reading about minstrel shows yeah ted ted danson by the way ted danson thought he was in the clear when he did it you remember this big moment when that happened because he was what dating or married to whoopi goldberg yeah him and whoopi goldberg were a huge item and he went to a party for her appeared in blackface on microphone and did a big bit while he was there and everybody freaked out um this is you know pre-internet days so Freaking out was a much harder thing to do to get to everybody, but that was a thing everybody knew about and everyone had heard about. And for a while, they both defended it because they were like, "Well, you know, he's dating me, and he's I get it. It's funny, you know." And they they kind of had reasons why they thought it was fine. And the opposing opinion was, "Well, you don't speak for everybody, and you know, this is hideous." And it really tarnished his career for a while. No one thinks about it now, but it was pretty bad. Uh, uh, how about this one? All right. You, you want to go there? Here yeah. we go. This is a Roger Ebert, uh, 1993. It's a tradition of the celebrities roast in the Friars Club that everything goes, that no joke is in bad taste and it, uh, or no joke is in such bad taste that it cannot be told. Oh. Friday, that tradition might have ended as a roast for Whoopi Goldberg turned into such a tasteless display that some audience members hid their faces in their hands and others left. They cringed and disbelieved during the opening monologue by actor Ted Danson, Whoopi's lover, who appeared in blackface and used the hard R N-bomb more wow. than a dozen times during a series of jokes that drew smaller and smaller laughs until finally the audience was groaning and dancing faltered as he tried to plow through his written, mater- written material. At one point, he even ate a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... So I, that one went poorly. Went real uh, poorly, yeah. That went poorly. bad. Yeah. I don't know what uh, he was doing or thinking. That's a... Still to this day, it's just like, really? <laughs> like, I don't know how your relationship, I don't care how good it was with Whoopi Goldberg. I, I don't know. I don't know where you got the idea you could Although do now that. I really do want to hear, just in her voice, Mary Steenburgen questioning him about what he was thinking. Right. Yeah. Like, can you do, in that Mary Steenburgen, like in that, that kind of like faltering sort of like Southern. Honey. Well, now what were you thinking? <laughs> Totally. They're still together, so they could... I think so. She could tell yeah. some stories. But that was a big, big whoop. <laughs> whoop. Sorry. That yeah. was a great big deal <laughs> uh, that that happened, and uh, I feel like that was a hallmark moment, like kind of a, whoa, uh, yep, we've all been reminded, let's not do this again. So when it happens now, I'm always shocked. I'm just like, what? How is it you it don't know? every every year, like clockwork, when I was going to college, and this is oh one through oh five. there was... It was the same song and dance, different frat, but somebody went out in blackface and they, pictures got taken of them and they got sent to us and we would write it up and they would, it was always the same. We, we have a black guy in the frat and he thought it was the funniest thing of all. Yeah. It's like, man, 
uh, whatever you just said is whatever you believe. All I'm saying is like, you know, every year, yeah, <laughs> no every, one's going to learn a lesson every single year. And I'm sure if I went and searched news right now about blackface, I'd get a, a million recent articles. College blackface scandal. In fact, you want to know what we're going to do this as we tee up our our final topic, and that is cultural uh, appro appropriation. Yeah. Uh, whether what comes up in college blackface scandal. Uh, oh, interesting. The top story is colleges to students skip sombreros and blackface on Halloween. So they're trying to trying to get out in front of it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Daily Show. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe I won't get as much as I thought I was going to get. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. Progress. Got progress. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it is. Well, it is. It's also a time where you can't go. But the, that party I was at, where the kid dressed as Lando, there are no photos of that event. If they are, yeah. they're his moms and they're in a book somewhere. You go do a party like that now, everybody with a cell phone is out and taking pictures of that guy, and it's on Twitter, it's on BuzzFeed, and it's on a million other places in 10 minutes. Like, yeah. it's just such a different world. Like it's probably happening right now. Yeah, probably right now. As far as I know, there is a... You are in blackface right now in a photo, and you, don't even, you haven't even done it yet, as far uh, as that's, you know. No, that's some <laughs> precog stuff. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm, I'm laying in the goo with my two sisters, and I can predict the future. Yeah, anyway. I just need to think of a science fiction character. Yeah, but, good luck know, to as you. As long as I have Ferengi ears, it's going to be fine. <laughs> so, all right, let's... let's Cultural appropriation. Yeah, let's go into that. Appropriating Ferengi culture. Yeah. Uh, let's... Uh, uh, races as costumes. Okay, can I say something to your Moana thing first before I forget? Let's go ahead, uh, and, I'll, and I'll look up some, uh, some, some background on this, but is go it, ahead. Is it possible... That one is a is a swirling dervish. What I mean by that is Disney, Pixar made a movie. It wasn't even Pixar. Sorry, just Disney. Um, it's Disney Animation Studios. Disney makes a movie about this Polynesian uh, legend and then, you know, adds all their Disneyfication to it, the, the characterizations, yeah. the music, oh, the everything just, else. Hold on. We've got uh, autoplay. Oh, that's right. Oh, my I God. I don't actually hear it. Where is it even coming from? Those are the worst. Jesus. I Christ. wish Chrome would do Chrome needs to do what Safari did. Safari makes it so they just auto mute now when you when they it start. auto mutes as soon as it starts going. Yeah, crazy. and I, there may be a plug in or something, but I've never found one that worked right. Yeah. All um, right, keep going. Anyway, so <laughs> it's a little difficult to be too harsh on a little seven year old girl who wants to be Moana, who's otherwise a, a white girl from Connecticut, when the film itself is already under uh, under actual fire, but also you just kind of get the feeling that this Disney Disneyfication of these native people is already cultural appropriation. So, well, but where is the line between that and representation? Well, like, that's a know, good so, question. So it's like, oh, well, this is a studio owned and primarily staffed by white people, so you're only going to make white movies and no, then it's like it's well, a good point where's the representation for empowered young women I, I, women I, I, I completely agree in the upcoming coco from um from pixar disney is a story uh that that plays around with legends that are born of uh traditions in mexico yeah the whole like dia de los muertos yeah and they have done a really good good job from what i can tell without having actually seen the film yet it's not out yet but uh they've done a really good job of hiring almost entirely uh Latino actors, actresses, uh, Mexican production staff, the director himself. Like these people are 
are straight up coming from a place of origin. Like they know this stuff, but they also, you know, knew it as children. And that doesn't feel like appropriation. But if I'm taking The Rock. Who is Samoan. Who is half Samoan. Well, and half, yeah, half black and half Canadian. Yeah, he's like, he's got three halves. (laughs) Uh, It is, he is, he is probably most identified, you know, with, with his, his Samoan heritage. Sure. Um, He is from a famous Samoan wrestling dynasty. Yes. And then you've got people who are Maori who play other characters. uh, So that, that, that jives. Uh, You have people, the girl, the main girl who plays Moana is of uh, Polynesian descent and is an incredible singer and all that. But she, you know, she comes from Hawaii. So they do their best on the periphery. But the overall production of that movie is a, hey, want to see a thing about a very different culture than yours? But it sounds just like the ones we have over here and everyone speaks English. and I mean, in a way, there's always going to be cultural appropriation. I don't know how you get away from it. Well, but but I guess here's the thing is that Moana didn't get attacked for being uh, culturally insensitive. Uh, some, maybe. I mean, I'm sure that there was something written about it, but it didn't incur a scandal. By and large, it was uh, lauded as being a a fun representation of some of these myths. Yeah, I mean, yes. So I guess, I guess, but here's the thing. Let, let, let's go ahead and get into the into the costume controversy. This is from 2016, before the movie came out. Less than a week after Disney debuted kids' costumes for their upcoming film, Moana, the company has pulled several products from their website after the items sparked outrage for pro, uh, appearing to promote brown face. Representatives from Disney told the Huffington Post on Wednesday that the decision to pull the items came when it was brought to their attention that they were viewed as offensive among the removed items were a Halloween costume and pajama set for kids, both representing the demigod Maui, the fictional uh, co-star played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is the quote from Disney. The team behind Moana has taken great care uh, to respect the cultures of the Pacific Islands that inspired the film, and we regret that the Maui costume has offended some. We sincerely apologize and are pulling the costume from our website and stores. Uh, If you, uh, to describe the costume that was pulled, uh, think of... Those uh, uh, kind of like a, a flesh-toned arm sleeves that make it look like you have tattoos, yeah. Uh, but as a muscle suit for kids, and it has all of the uh, the, the heavily tattooed Maui from the movie, which uh, have tattoos that are based on the Rock's real tattoos, which are traditional Samoan tattoos. Right now, here's here's the the spin or the twist I would give this, and this is why I think this is complicated. If you have a seven-year-old white girl who likely has only been on this planet long enough to not have been indoctrinated in any kind of sort of racial divide or cultural divide yet, she just knows she loves Moana. She loves the way she sang. She is her hero. And she wants to be Moana for Halloween. I don't see how that's a problem. It's not appropriation. It's, It's like the thing that we want. We want them to go... Don't we want our kids to go, oh, man, I love her. She's amazing. Not every, not just, well, I can only be the white girls from Disney movies. Yeah. That's weird. I can only be Elsa. Yeah, that's that's super weird. That's really weird to me. At the same time, I understand, but this one feels like a, a stone too far. It's like saying, like, I think it is cultural appropriation for me to say, hey, Justin, my spirit animal is an elk or something. 
because I'm appropriating a term and a thing that's held sacred by Native Americans. It's not mine to use. No, you have to say your Patronus. My Patronus, exactly, because somehow we all think that that's made us better and less racial all people. British. <laughs> But this is the this is kind of refeeding into my point, which is you can get really twisted up about stuff like this, and if what you're saying is sorry, only uh, Polynesian girls can be Moana. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Sorry, everybody. I think that misses the boat too, because what you've done here is you've created a character that people can universally love and respect and like, and you're not doing it ironically. You're not dressing a seven year old's not dressing as her to say, "Hey, look at me, I'm." I'm Moana. It's almost like I'm really brown. Isn't it? Check it out, you guys. It isn't that way. It's I really love her and want to be like her, and she represents the best of of uh, what I think I can be as a young woman. That's a good thing. So I I'm real torn on this one because I think maybe it's a case by case thing. But but well, I mean, here's the question that I have: Is there a line between? Because we 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 made. We, we, we put it on the safe side to say, okay, I can use brown makeup on my face if I then also put on a Klingon forehead. <laughs> right. right. Right? Or Ferengi ears. Yeah. Uh, you know, Juliana Huff, one of the dancers on Dancing with the Stars, got into trouble a couple of years ago because she went as Crazy Eyes from uh, Orange is the New Black. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and put on blackface. Forgot so about that. where is the line between, okay, I'm not just doing a celebrity. I am doing a character, a character, specific character from a movie or or a TV show. Yeah, that you might really like or love or look up to or or hold in whatever. Or it's regard. like these people are as real as as you know, uh, uh, you know, Tuvok. Right? Sure, sure, sure. If I wanted but, to be Tuvok for Halloween, because I he's my favorite Vulcan. Yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in I'm in shallow water, man. I'm in I'm on thin ice. What's I don't know another scenario to use or another uh, uh, metaphor, but it, people would not look happily on that. And and I'm and I'm not saying <laughs> like if if a little if a little white boy came to me and said you know say it was my kid when he was that young, Dad, I really want to be Tuvok for Halloween. I love him. He's so cool. I would have a hard time explaining him why he couldn't do that. But if you or I <laughs> wanted to be Tuvok. I think we have more information or enough information or enough nuanced information that is, you know, mature thinking adults. We might not go down that road. Or, you know. Because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. The kid doesn't know. do do the black version of Tuvok. Yeah, just, <laughs> like be, a, just be a Klingon, yeah. Or just white, be, a, be a white Tuvok. Sure. Uh, uh, and I guess here is part of what I think uh, the, the Moana thing was, is that the costume was tan skin. Yeah. So now are you wearing... Tan skin as a costume becomes a question. Although it does uh, bear mentioning that that was far more of a conversation before the movie came out. Yeah, when more. it was just Disney selling a, a brown coat. Uh, apologies to Firefly fans. <laughs> Listen, uh, quit appropriating my sci-fi culture. That's what you've done. Jack, you can't take the sky from me, oppressor. <laughs> uh, that that if if they're just selling an outfit before the movie comes out and before you you hear the rock singing his songs written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I guess was from an island, just not the islands they were talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that now it seems less of an issue. Here is a, a uh, something published five days ago in USA Today. The question, is it okay for a white kid to dress up as Moana for Halloween? 
Mm. Uh, here is that lead. In America, the American uh, war between cultural sensitivity and free expression, Halloween is a familiar battleground. The holiday which originated with people dressed up as costumes to ward off evil spirits has morphed into a day that celebrates all kind of creative self-expression. But on one side, you see minorities and their allies who say that the experience is prejudice all year long. So seeing people who discriminate against them intentionally or not dressing up as them on Halloween can be deeply offensive. But on the other side, political correctness runs amok, according to those. Mm. Yeah, and if I want to be, we'll use the Tuvok example again. Like, I understand when people would be like, well, I want to be Tuvok because I like Tuvok. I mean, I may not even trust the person who says that, but maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe that's what they really want to do. There's just got to be a place where if I dress up for Halloween, people say, who are you? I'm a black guy. <laughs> Get it? It's me, the black guy. The black man, everybody. Then that's stupid. If you if you're dressing up like um, Will Smith. If you're Smith, dressing up like blank man, then... <laughs> That's fine. You have a full uh, uh, hooded costume. Yeah. You just don't have to have black. If you're, if you're, I mean, I would never do this, but if you want to dress up like Will Smith as the uh, the the Fresh Prince of Bel Air period, and you had a lot of, you know, parachutey pants and pastel colors, early '90s kind of garb, and you were trying to play that up, and you love Will Smith and you love that old show, I mean, I wouldn't advise you doing that. But who am I to say that this isn't just pure fandom? And if it's pure fandom. Uh, the black part comes with it. It's kind of like um, if you want to be one of those green ladies from Star Trek, the original series, what do you got to do? You got to be green. Now, the problem is we don't have a long history in our human history or, or our United States relatively short history of horrible abuse of green people. Uh, but we do have that for people of color in this country. And therein lies the rub. So, well, here let's 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 uh let's let's wrap it up on this. Uh, Susan Safrendi, author of Who Owns Culture: Appropriation and Authenticity in American Law, uh, had this to say on the difference between cultural appreciation versus cultural appropriation. Cultural appreciation is what Safrendi calls good borrowing, making a Moroccan soup for dinner and talking to your family about it. Cultural appropriation can be offensive, i.e., turning a hijab into a costume can mock the person who wears it every day as part of the part of their religion. Cultural appropriation can also be offensive when the person doing the borrowing is privileged while the person who is being borrowed from is oppressed. Mm. For example, a white person wearing dreadlocks on Halloween when a black man wearing dreadlocks on a regular Monday gets told you can't work here. I, we could actually do a whole nother show oh, yeah. on, on dreadlocks. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Why I do they smell? That would be the episode. Dreadlocks. Why do they smell so bad? Because they do. Uh, they I mean, yeah. I feel like I've met more people, more white people with dreadlocks in my life same, than I have same. black people these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all white guys that want to be all probably Rastafarian. Because, probably because I just I live in the Bay Area. Uh, <laughs> so here's here's what they say. Okay. Basic ground rules. All right. This is the three S's. Source, significance, and similarity. Yeah. Source. Think about the source cultures. This is a culture that has been historically discriminated against or oppressed, i.e. blacks, American Indians. If so, proceed with caution. Significance or sacredness? What's the significance of what you are taking? Is it something that has a major cultural significance or maybe even somebody sacred, not just a run-of-mill ordinary term or everyday commodity, i.e. the American Indian headdress is the equivalent of military medals. It's not just a decoration or a hat. Uh, and similarity. Uh, think about the similarity of what you are doing. Are you interpreting or being inspired by somebody else's culture, or are you just making an exact copy? Mm. Or are you mocking it, which is a whole other terror. 
Uh, yeah. Or are you saying that if, you know, if you're I guess, yes, yeah, the, the easy pass to racism is if you are actually trying to be racist. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. But I I'm not going to be offended or turn any seven year olds away from my door this year. Well, I won't be here. But if I was here uh, wearing Moana, Moana costumes, because I think there's I think that's a, I think that's freaking out for no reason. I think I, and also I think it matters that they're kids and you actually teach them the opposite by bringing all this up and freaking out about it and saying, sorry, honey, you can't wear that. Why? And now you got to explain it. So now what do you, what do you put in their head? Oh, there are separations between us. Weird. Well, and also just so you know, this is not the Moana costume specifically is not something that is even easily answered by somebody who's making a living doing it. Uh, uh, so Freddie says specifically of that controversy that it's hard to give a definitive yes or no answer uh, because as, as some Pacific Islanders have defended the Maui costume, it's, quote, whether a particular costume constitutes cultural misappropriation should involve asking the source community, and Disney appears to have done so on behalf of the costumers, con uh, consulting community representatives and pulling the offensive Maui costume, albeit belatedly, while continuing to sell the Moana costume. Yeah. I mean, I actually agree with that. I think that the, the goal here should always be who – how do you – I mean, if your goal is to go out every day and hurt everyone's feelings, well, then I, I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. If your goal is to go out and do the best you can and once in a while screw up, and then realize it and then try to fix that or do your best not to have people feel uncomfortable around you because of you and what you do, well, then maybe you'll be a little more mindful of it and we'll have less of these problems. To me, that's it's that simple. And I don't think seven-year-olds in Moana costumes are a problem. I think that uh, drunk college kids dressed like um, Tiger Woods is a problem. Um, yeah. Because, again, there's no level of sensitivity. They know what they're doing. And, yeah, it's just different. Well, and even if you don't, just uh, know that somebody's gonna, someone's gonna know what you're doing. Yeah, even if you're like, <laughs> you know, man, he's the best golfer ever. I want to be him, no matter what. I would be black. My biggest thing. Yeah. And this is about race, everything, everything race related, racial comedy, racial discussions, racial costumes. Just be ready to have a conversation. <laughs> and if you do not feel like you can talk, and you can cite and you can understand these issues, then think twice about it. Yeah, think twice. That, that, is, that is that. Scott, I, I, I think that, uh, number one, part of the point of this show is to foster discussion. Yeah. We have certainly had a discussion amongst ourselves, but not with anybody else as we normally do. And I don't think that we'd made this fun size. I think we actually just did a full-length episode. I think we did as well, which is okay, because I think it's a good topic and a fun one, nonetheless. Um, but we should tell people that we've got a brand new email address so that we stop making your inbox a bit of a living hell. Oh, my God. You guys love this show so much. Yeah, we, you, you forced me to make a new email address. So uh, unfriendmeshow at Gmail is where you are going to email from here on out. And even if you've got old topics that uh, you're listening to now that you want to chime in on, feel free to do it. We're going to find some way to uh, continue to keep these conversations going as the as the podcast uh, rolls on. Yes, and we hope for nothing but a safe and fun Halloween for you and all who are yes. with you. Uh, try not to appropriate anybody's crap and don't do blackface. That's really our advice today. Yes, please. Uh, please just don't don't have the moral of this episode be okay. I'm gonna go do my blackface costume. Yeah, now. and if you're if you're one of our uh, black listeners, feel free to go whiteface. That's the way this works. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I encourage anybody to do their Scott Johnson costume. <laughs> I'm looking forward to whatever that looks like. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget the uh, website is frogpants.com slash unfriendme. 
Uh, as he mentioned, unfriend me show is our email address. Use that frequently. Send us your thoughts, your comments, and even your requests for future topics for the show. That'd be fine. We'll be back a week from uh, Halloween for a brand new episode dealing with we don't know what yet, do we? Do we know yet? Uh, it's either going to be Snowden or online harassment. The voting continues. Head on over to our Twitter accounts, Justin R. Young and Scott Johnson, wow. to find that poll. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>